Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, we're well into our second year now. We're going to jump right into the 54th episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And so uh, if you have not had the opportunity in this new year, uh, make sure that uh, you're out there telling your people, your friends, your family to get involved. Uh, contact them by Facebook, Twitter, text, whatever it takes. Uh, cl- click uh, click the link, give the link to them, and a uh, great opportunity for them to grow in their faith and to try to put together some of the pieces of what we're facing in this world we live in today. So we're asking you to just keep the buzz going as we get to uh, the relevant parts of life and the truth of the Bible and how it connects us to it. Well, today we're going to be asking questions. What about the church in this time of COVID-19? Well, since March, change, Pastor, has been really the only thing that's been consistent. Uh, we don't know what to do, and even if we did know what to do, we don't know how to do it. Um, so, you know, we're going to be talking today about why it matters what we believe. And uh, so we, we're going to think through this theology and why theology matters uh, and I, I, I truly believe that real th- belief has a way of driving us. And uh, But I, I still have to ask the question, why do you think our theology matters right now? Surely yeah, yeah. what we're doing matters more than what we believe, you know, but I think uh, there's more to it than that. Yeah, so we would think that, right, that what we do matters more than what we believe, but the reality is what we believe, like you said, drives what we do. And we started talking last week about how we can make the most of our church, especially mm-hmm. this during this time when, you know, being a part of a church is difficult because we're, you know, maybe not attending a local congregation because we don't want to be around people right now because Mm -hmm. of the virus and that's understandable or whatever the case may be. It's it's, it's a hard time for everybody. It's a hard time for the church. It's a hard time for businesses. It's a hard time. And so even though it's a hard time, we still got to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think so. The church moves forward. God's kingdom moves forward. The gospel moves forward. And so right now in this season of difficulty, how do we make the most of our church? And one of the ways we make the most of our church is by being certain of what we believe, because Mm -hmm. we do believe that what we believe drives the way we live. And so, yeah, we need to talk about what we believe and why we believe it and how we become better theologians. But before we talk about that, Trey... You went on vacation a week or two ago, didn't you? I did. I went all the way to New Orleans, Louisiana. You went to my town. I don't. I know. You were in my city. You told me all the things to do, and I got down there, and it was closed down. And so you couldn't do anything. Yeah, it was kind of a. Did y'all even go out to eat or anything? You didn't go to any nice restaurants. No. You didn't have a po boy. You didn't have any gumbo. You had no jambalaya. You had no etouffee. You had no, no crab. You had I no was, I was oysters. One, you had nothing. I was one sad guy. I bet. Yeah, uh, I like seafood uh, here in the Low Country. I enjoy. But it's different in it Louisiana. It is different. It in Louisiana. Is. They yeah. take them shrimp right out of the Gulf, and they're bigger. They're better. I, they just are. I'm a little bit partial to Gulf Coast seafood. Well, you should be. Right? I'm okay with that. Catfish, fried catfish. You, you like have fried a catfish? reason to be. I do have so. a reason. You like yeah. fried catfish? It comes right out oh, of Lake Pontchartrain. Man, that's wonderful stuff. I'm sorry you didn't get any of it. Now, I, I've been to New Orleans, so I've been able to so enjoy that before, right. but that was probably 10, 15 years ago. You didn't even have ago. a beignet, did you? No, we tried. We tried to get a beignet. We tried to get the 
rainbow cone or whatever snow cone it's just called a snow cone oh snow cone whatever it was <laughs> i don't know somebody told me rainbow something cuz they do it with stripes or something but anyway we didn't even get to do that we wanted yeah. to we really tried to, yeah that was so. interesting when i moved to new orleans years ago the fascination in new orleans was snow cones mm. people love snow cones there man uh, obviously, but there is they don't love them enough cone, to keep open during I guess COVID, not, but, but anyway. there's a snow cone stand on every corner in New Orleans. Uh, matter of fact, there's one right by the seminary if it had been open. If it had been open. Yeah. I know that one. I know that one well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, snow cones, are, and they're cheap. Like, we've got a Pelican snowball place close to our house here in uh, in the Charleston area, mm-hmm. and it's like, every time I go, it's 40 bucks for my family <laughs> getting this snow cone. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I go to New Orleans, we can all get these super big snow cones for like, a buck. You wow. know, I mean, it's just really, really wild because there's snow cone stand. I mean, it's supply and demand, I guess. I have no idea. So, any rate. So, I'm going on vacation in less than a week. Next Tuesday and I'm happy morning, for you. I'm going to go on vacation. Everybody needs a vacation right now. Everybody needs a vacation. I'm very thankful we get to take one. So, I told you this, and, and some people listening might know this. Uh, because my wife's family lives in New Orleans, and because they're not able because of their age and, and physical health to travel to see us here on the East Coast, uh, we go to see them, mm-hmm. and and so whenever we take vacation, that's where we go. We go to New Orleans. My family has never been on a vacation outside of going to New Orleans, so this is a first for us. Well, Our first family vacation that's not in New Orleans. And I am so thrilled for you that I'm willing to keep your dog. So yeah, and you're going to dog saying. sit, which is a a big big burden on you. And so I appreciate you taking my little dog and <laughs> taking care of it for a week. So so we're going to Gatlinburg. You've mm-hmm. been to Gatlinburg, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Many times. You like it? I love it. I love Gatlinburg. Yeah, we like the mountains, but we've never been to Gatlinburg. I love Pigeon Forge. I love that whole area. What I'm discovering is there is a lot of stuff to do in Gatlinburg. Mm-hmm. Lots. Yeah, so we've been online, been researching, been on YouTube watching videos, been on all kinds of different websites, been asking questions to friends who've been there. Uh, we're going to be just a couple miles from the Smoky Mountains National Park. Uh, there's whitewater rafting, there's tubing, there's restaurants. I mean, everything you can think of is Gatlinburg. And Ripley's, believe it or not. There are 25,000 different Ripley's museums just in Gatlinburg. Did you know that? <laughs> I don't doubt man, it. Man, there's a lot of them. Like, I've never even been to a Ripley's Museum, oh, but man. they're they're all over the place there. So, so what we've been doing or what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks since we booked this vacation in Gatlinburg is I have been doing a lot mm. of research. Do you know why? Because you want to make a good, I want to make the most of yeah, our time right. there. I don't want to get there and then guess what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, cause I've never been there. So I want to have an, a plan in place. I want to know what to do once we get there. And so I've, I've looked at, you know, the different places we want to try to eat, you know, recommendations for restaurants. I've looked at different activities, whether it's whitewater rafting or hiking trails or going to see a show. I mean, we've, we've pretty much planned out our trip because when we get there, we want to make the most of it. I want to know as much about Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg as I can before I go so that when I get there, I can make the most of the experience. Makes sense. Makes sense to me, right? So it hasn't been a vacation preparing to go because I've been doing so much thinking, read, and research about the place. But I think once we get there, because I have a plan in place, we're going to enjoy it because we've already planned out the activities based on the research. Now, maybe I planned out all the wrong activities. We'll see when I get there. We'll see. But we tried, right? It is a learning Yeah, yeah. But that's the point that, that, man, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to go on vacation, I want to know as much as I can so I can make the most of it. Mm Mm-hmm. When it comes to our relationship with God, if we're going to do this, if we're going to walk with the Lord and call ourselves Christians, we need to know as much about God as humanly Amen. possible That's right. to live out our faith in a way that really does make an impact 
on the lives of others and helps us as individual Christians grow to be uh, the Christ-centered followers that God has called us to be. We got to know. We got to know God, right? And that's what theology is all about. When we think about theology, Trey, a lot of us, you know, um, probably don't even think much about theology. Probably not. But but theology is all about knowing God, mm-hmm. right? So so theology. You think about the prefix of the word theo, a Latin word that simply means God. Yep. Ology. Uh, you you can put ology on the end of a lot of words, right? So biology or kinesiology or whatever. You put ology on the end of a word uh, that 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 suffix ology means the study of, mm-hmm. right? So theology is the study of God. Now when we talk about study of God. It's not like an academic study. I mean, there are facts we want to know about God, but man, when I think about theology, it's simply knowing God. Mm-hmm. I, I want to study the Word so I can know God. And 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 if we're going to make the most of our church, man, it's just really important that we all, as individual followers of Jesus, do our best to study or to know God. We we don't need to leave theology in just in the hands of pastors and seminary professors and and those kinds of people. We all need to be, in a sense, theologians. Mm-hmm. We all need to be better theologians, better in our study of God, because here's what happens, and you know this, Trey, because you've been a pastor for a long time. If, if, if we don't know our theology, if we don't know as individuals what we believe about God, and we all believe something different inside the church, right, then the likelihood is that it's very easy for division to come into the church because we're divided about what we actually believe, I have seen it happen. You've seen it happen, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so think about uh, one passage of Scripture. I think it's going to help us get started. In, in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, Paul writes this, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. easy for us to be taken captive uh, by ways of thinking, by worldviews that actually aren't consistent with what Scripture actually teaches. And so we need to know. We need to know what the Bible teaches. And now here we are in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's still just super important in the midst of this to be very firm on the foundation of truth as revealed in God's Word. If we're going to make decisions as a church moving forward, if we're going to be on mission Mm -hmm. in this COVID-19 pandemic, man, we need to know what we believe and why we believe it, right? So so what you're saying then is we all need to be better theologians. We all need to be better theologians. So why don't we look today at three ways that we can all be better theologians then? Let's do it. Um, Number one, how about know what you believe? Simple enough, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so... Here's the reality. When you and I think of the word theologian, we think of people, right? I think of people, I think of someone who died this past week. You know the name J.I. Packer? J.I. Packer. I was going to say that book is my first theology book. He wrote the book Knowing God, Mm -hmm. which is a great theological book. And so when I think about theologians, I think about guys like that who gave their lives to study Scripture and to write books about Scripture to help us understand the basic doctrines of the faith. So I think about people like J.I. Packer or R.C. Sproul or others who've been so instrumental in helping the church to understand theology, right? But here's the reality. If you have ever had a thought about God, you're a theologian. Maybe even a wrong thought. <laughs> you might be a bad theologian. <laughs> exactly. But, but the reality is we've all thought about God. Whether you're a believer in Jesus or you're not a believer in Jesus, we all have thoughts about God, about mm-hmm. his existence, what he's like, how he works in the world. Every one of us 
have thoughts about God. And so by default, every one of us, in a sense, we're already theologians because we all think about God. Mm-hmm. The question is, right, are we thinking rightly about God or are we thinking wrongly about God? But we're all theologians. And, and here's what I know too, Trey, and you know this as well. There are all kinds of things that shape our thoughts about God. And for most of us, our thoughts about God are based on, now watch, things that we've been told about God. Mm-hmm. Every one of us. That, that, that for many of us, the primary shaper of our theology is not Scripture, but other people. Mm. My mama taught me this about God. My daddy taught me this about God. I was in a church that taught me this about God, right? I listened to this guy on TV. He taught me this about God. I watched this YouTube video that taught me this about mm. God. I read this book that taught me this about God. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We want people to influence us if they influence us in a way that helps us to think rightly about God. Mm. But think about it, Trey. I mean, you and I, we were privileged to grow up in pretty solid churches. Exactly. I mean, yes. I grew up in a, in a more conservative uh, Baptist church that, that believed in what we call the inerrancy of Scripture, that all Scripture is God-breathed, that taught us the gospel, the, the life and ministry and death and resurrection of Jesus. I was in a church that, that gave me solid teaching and you were too yeah definitely yeah you know the importance of of what we were taught and as a young believer and i can speak to you uh, as a young believer because i got saved later on as a teenager i was not in a christian home Mm. and my thoughts about god were wrong that's i was that wrong theologian but my church when i got saved was able to bring me back and Mm. help me understand what to believe and Thank goodness they actually pointed me to Scripture yeah. as well. So. Yeah, but there are some people, maybe even listening to this podcast today, who were brought up in maybe churches that were very different than mm-hmm. the churches we mm-hmm. were brought up in, yes. right? The churches that maybe were more liberal in their theology or you know, didn't take the Word of God seriously, or people maybe like you that came to faith later in life, mm-hmm. that grown up had some thoughts about God. But they were very wrong thoughts about yeah. God. So, so we're all over the spectrum. That Some of us were brought up in churches that were, were faithful to the Word and helped us to have a right understanding of the Word. Some of us were not, and because of that, we have some very wrong thoughts about God. But my point is, for many of us, the basis of our knowledge about God is, has been based on what other people have what, told what us they about told us, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Right or wrong, that's how many of us form our theology— is based on what we've been told by somebody, whether by a parent, by a friend, uh, by a pastor, whatever. And that's hit and miss. Some of us get good theology. Some of us get bad theology. Agreed. And what, what many of us have failed to do over the course of our lives is to search out for ourselves what is truth, mm-hmm. right? So I hear you. I hear you, preacher. I, I'm going to believe that. I've never taken the time to investigate that for myself. Exactly. I don't know if that's so, mine yet. Yeah, yeah. So when I went to college, I went to a, a university that was a Christian university in name. But when I got there, and I didn't know, I had no idea because I was 18 years old and I, I didn't think much about theology. I was a Christian. I knew I was saved, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew the kind of church I came up with, came up in a church that believed the Bible. And I thought, man, if you were a Christian, everybody believed the same thing. That's what I thought, actually. I mean, I was 18 years old. I didn't know any better. And so I thought, man, if you're a Christian and you go to church, every church must believe the same thing. And then I went to a a college that was a Christian college that did not believe the same things Mm -hmm. that I grew up believing. And I remember, you know, being in um, an introduction to Old Testament class at this particular college and being told things that I had never heard in my life. Things like um, Genesis is mostly myth and not history. Mm. 
the miracles that happened in Exodus, well, they probably didn't really happen. These are just kind of made up stories to make the Hebrews feel good about themselves mm-hmm. and their God. And, and so I was told all these things. And I remember in that moment having a crisis of faith because here I was 18 years old sitting at a university and the lady who taught that particular class, I mean, she had a PhD in Old Testament. She had to know what she was talking about, exactly. right? Who are you to question her? I mean, right. My, you know? my, my home church pastor, he didn't teach at a university. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a PhD. He was just a regular pastor, right? So apparently, you know, in my way of thinking, th- this woman who had a PhD in Old Testament, she must know more than my pastor did. Mm. So she must be right. And so I was trying to figure out how this is, this is not what I heard, but this lady's so smart and she articulates it so well. And, and I remember having this crisis of faith. And for the first time in my life, I had to figure out for myself what I believe about God. I had to go to scripture for myself and, and, and read and pray and study to figure out, okay, what is truth? And for many of us, uh, I think that's one of the issues is that we have a theology that somebody has taught us or told us, but we've never taken the time to investigate for ourselves what truth actually is. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, right, uh, at that same time, and you've heard my story, Trey, having you know another pastor pour into me and being introduced to uh, some some theologians like R.C. Sproul and J.I. Packer that I read in college that were very instrumental in helping me think through my faith. But all that to say, um, I had to really come to a place in my own walk with the Lord where I had to figure out what I believe for myself. Mm-hmm. I've got to know what I believe. And so for all of us, if we want to be better theologians, I think all of us need to take that step in our faith or we figure out for ourselves what we believe and why we believe it. Not because a pastor told us or a Sunday school teacher told us or a parent told us, but based on our study of the word, with the help of others, obviously, mm-hmm. but based on our study of the word, prayerfully, right, with the empowerment of the Spirit who lives inside of us, figuring out, okay, what is truth and why do I believe this truth? So so when you're questioning the roots of what we believe, if, if for instance, that, uh, the lady that you had as, as your professor you know, then what do, what is the standard? Should it be a PhD? I mean, what, where's the standard? Yeah. The standard is the word of God. So right? we have to go back to, we the have word. to go back to the word of God okay. with the conviction, with the conviction that mm-hmm. this is where truth is. So God help me to understand the truth. Again, we need people speaking into our lives, mm-hmm. but people who have the same conviction that the word of God is truth. Help me to understand the truth. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, all that I say, we become better theologians by First, taking the time to actually figure out what we believe about God based on his word. And so that leads us to number two. We also need to know what our church believes. Yeah, because we grow up in different kinds of churches, or we go mm-hmm. to different kinds of churches. Here we are, you and I, Trey, we, we, we lead a Southern Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Down the street from us, we have Presbyterian churches and Methodist churches, and we have you know Catholic churches and non-denominational churches and Assembly of God churches. There's a host of different kinds of churches in our area mm-hmm. and across this nation and across this world. And, and, and so kind of figuring out, okay, what does my particular church believe? And, and even within the, the framework of churches, there are some churches that are more conservative in their theology that believe that, you know, uh, Scripture is the inerrant Word of God. There are some churches that are more liberal in their theology that would maybe believe some of the things we believe but would deny that the Word of God is actually truth in, on every page. And so, so we're just all over the spectrum in our churches as to what we believe sometimes. And so figuring out, okay, what does my church believe? And does what my church believe, does it line up with my convictions about the Christian faith? Because, if, you know, for you and me, Trey, based on our convictions about the Word and what we believe about 
the, the church and about truth and about Jesus, you know, we might not fit well in some other churches. I have been there, and I don't yeah. fit well. Yeah, so. yeah. So, so here's a helpful way to think about um, about theology and 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 beliefs, right? So you've heard this talk about before, Trey. Maybe people listening have heard about this, and uh, I think it's gonna be helpful. So when it comes to theology, there are primary issues, mm-hmm. secondary issues, and what we call tertiary issues, right? Or in other words, think about it this way: first level, second level, third level mm-hmm. theological issues. Or think about it this way. First level theological issues, primary theological issues, these are the things that we must believe to be Christian, mm-hmm. right? For example, if you deny the resurrection of Jesus, you're not a Christian, right? Cannot be. If you don't believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose again from the dead, you're not a Christian. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe that Jesus was perfect, the perfect son of God, fully God and fully man, you're not a Christian. If you deny any of those things, right, mm-hmm. You're not a Christian. If you affirm those things and you believe those things, you trust those things, you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. So there, there are primary theological issues, right? If I deny these things, I'm not a Christian. If I embrace these things in my life, I am a Christian. So you think about, you know, here we are at Northwood, a Southern Baptist church, or you think about the church down the street that might be a Methodist church or the church across town that might be a Presbyterian church or the church over here that might be an Assembly of God church. We would probably, we would, we would agree on the primary issues. I would say so, We, yes. we could walk into a Methodist church, and they would affirm the death and resurrection of Jesus, mm-hmm. that Jesus is the Son of God who came to save humanity. We can walk into a Methodist church or a Church of God church, and, and they would affirm those truths. If, if, and if we affirm those truths, we're part of the family, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's primary theological issues. These are, there are issues that, that we say at, collectively as Christians. We, we agree on these things, right? primary. But then there are secondary theological issues. Secondary theological issues would be things that we might not agree on. And so since we don't agree on these things, we're we're probably not going to be a part of the same church. For example, baptism. Mm -hmm. Baptism will be a a secondary theological issue. So I can do ministry with my fellow Presbyterians. Mm -hmm. I believe they're followers of Jesus. But we have a difference of theological conviction when it comes to baptism. Mm-hmm. Presbyterians would, would have a, a viewpoint that leads them to, to christen or baptize infants. Mm-hmm. We believe that baptism follows conversion, and so there's a theological difference. So I'm not going to be able to be a member of a Presbyterian church because of that theological difference, because I have a conviction mm-hmm based on my understanding of Scripture, that baptism follows conversion. So while that man that goes to that Presbyterian church, I'll be glad to link arms with him and sharing the gospel, right? Uh, I know there's a theological difference that, that's going to cause me not to be a member of his mm-hmm. church, right? Right. And so, so when I find myself in a Southern Baptist church, I'm in agreement with, with, with Southern Baptist teaching, with Baptist teaching that, that says, okay, Baptism follows conversion, and so I can be a part of this church. That, so, and that's not the only issue, but that's an example, right? That's an example of a secondary theological issue. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the Presbyterian or the Methodist or whomever is not a follower of Jesus, but it does mean that because we have this difference of theological conviction, we're, we, we, we're not going to be a part of the same church. And that's, that's, that's a denominational thing. I mean, that's, a I think that's why thing. people are exactly. more comfortable in one denomination than another. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody says, why are there so many denominations? Yeah. Well, there's the reason. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And that's not the only issue. You think about that particular issue. You think about um, 
even the issue of women in ministry, for mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Like our conviction in, in our denomination, our Southern Baptist denomination, is God has gifted women in a variety of ways. And God has even gifted women in teaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. But we would say, based on our understanding of Scripture, God does not um, um, allow women to serve in the role of pastor, for example, mm-hmm. elder of the church. That is an office of the church reserved for men. Other denominations think very differently about that, right? right. And, 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 you know, they're free to think how they want to think about it. Exactly. But for me personally, I'm not going to be comfortable in a church that, uh, that, uh, that um, a woman is a pastor of because that does not match up with my theological conviction based on Scripture. That's a secondary issue. It doesn't mean that she's not a Christian or that church isn't full of Christian people. It just means there's a difference of theological perspective that I don't agree with, and so therefore I'm probably not going to be a good member of that church. So then what are the third level? What, what, yeah, yeah. How would so, that work? So third level, these are issues that within the local church, right? So, so Trey, here you and I are. We are part of a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. We agree on the primary issues. Jesus is, is the risen Lord. We agree on the secondary issues, right? Um, that, that, you know, baptism follows conversion, women in ministry, or whatever the case may be, whatever that secondary yeah. issue might yeah. be. But we might not agree on tertiary or third-level mm-hmm. issues. For example, and, and I know you and I disagree on, on, on this, uh, end times perspectives, yeah, yeah. right? There are a variety of end-time perspectives, and you and I, we disagree, and then you bring in another one of our, our pastors, Logan, would disagree with both of us, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's an issue that you and I and Logan, we have different viewpoints about, but we can still be in the same church together. We can agree to disagree. We can agree to yeah. disagree. That yeah. that is not going to divide us among in our church, right? Or even at think all. about at all. No, not at all. Can I? I just want to say, that. don't make sure you don't make tertiary issues right, primary right. issues. Right. Don't make tertiary issues primary issues. Yes. Right. That Amen. we can still fellowship because you think about something like end times. There's so many different perspectives. Mm. There's not there a church, perspectives within perspectives. Right. There's not <laughs> so. a church in the world where everybody is 100% going to agree on end-time issues, yes. right? Or even not only that, but you think about um, um, even some of the more um, charismatic gifts, mm-hmm. right? Um, we might disagree on that. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we, we agree on how they should be practiced in the local church. For example, uh, the gift of speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we would agree based on scripture how that should be practiced in the local church, mm-hmm. that if it's in the local church, there should be interpreters, all those things that Paul talks about in first Corinthians. But we might disagree on on um, how tongues operates today. In other words, uh, there are some of us who what we would call cessationists that believe that, you know, at the when the apostles all died, mm-hmm. that those more miraculous spiritual gifts, they ceased to exist, right? But then there are some of us who would say, no, 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 they did not cease. They're still active, right? So we can agree to disagree in that area, too, and still be in the same local church. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there are these tertiary issues that that um, we can agree to disagree on but still have fellowship within the same church. Secondary issues, we're probably not going to be able to fellowship together, right? That that I'm probably going to be in in a, in a Baptist church because of my conviction about mm-hmm. baptism or whatever the case may be, and, and you might not be because your conviction about baptism is different than mine. That's a secondary issue. But these tertiary issues are issues that, like in times, that we disagree on, but we can still fellowship in the same local church. Amen. So number three, know where you need to grow in yeah, your yeah. beliefs. So know what you believe. Know what your church believes, and and the way you find out what your church believes is how Trey, by listening to what yeah, your preacher exactly. says, right? <laughs> but also in, in asking questions, and and for somebody like us 
you know, every church has a statement of faith, right? And so trying to find your church's statement of faith. For us, it's the Baptist faith and message. Uh, if you're listening from another church, it might be something different. But every church has a statement of faith, and, 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 and does that statement of faith align with your theological convictions, right? But finally, like we said, the last thing uh, that we want to think about is know where you need to grow in your beliefs. Yes. Right? Because we all need to grow. Mm-hmm. We all need Every to grow in us. our understanding of God. We, we don't need to stop being theologians. And so, for example, maybe it's one of those tertiary issues. You find out in your church that your pastor does have a different theological viewpoint on the end times. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's an issue that you need to study more. Mm-hmm. You might be right. You might be wrong. Who knows? But maybe it's something you just need to examine a little sure. bit more and study sure. it and grow in your understanding of that. Or maybe it's another theological issue. Maybe you haven't really thought much about the Trinity. You believe the Trinity. Mm-hmm. You believe Father, Son, Spirit, one God, three persons. You believe that, but you've never really studied yeah. the ins and outs of that. And and so just growing in that so you can defend what you believe better, right? And so we all have areas in our theological understanding in which we need some growth, whether it's, you know, our understanding of the Trinity, uh, the nature of salvation, in times, whatever. What are those weak spots in your understanding of Scripture or your understanding of theology, and what can you do to begin growing in those areas and so for me it's always been helpful to you know be involved in in small groups where i can talk these things out with other people and ask questions and search scripture together it's always been helpful for me to read theological books that 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 are conservative Mm -hmm. bible-based theology books that can help me to understand things you know books written by people like j.i packer or r.c sproul or wayne grudem those kinds of books have been just instrumental mm-hmm. in helping me to understand uh, the deep things of God. But but all of us need to know what we believe. We need to know what our church believes, and we need to know where we need to grow in our beliefs. And all these things will help us to become better theologians. And in today's crazy world where there's so much division, where there's so much going on right now, we need to be firm in what we believe about mm-hmm. God so we can defend the Christian faith well. And one thing that doesn't help is the Internet. Just be careful on the internet. There's a lot of bad. Is there one on place the we can maybe go to? Yeah, that yeah. We can good kinda... question. Good question. Good question. Here's here's a website that I love. That's written by um, theologians that would be consistent with what we believe as um, uh, conservative uh, theologians ourselves uh, in a Baptist church or whatever your conservative den- denomination might be. Gotquestions.org. Have you ever checked that? Yeah, site I have. Track? Yeah, I've actually really got good. some friends who write for that. Uh, it, it it'll it'll take a theological issue and give you about, you know, 800, 900 word, you know, <laughs> yeah. blur about it, but yeah. they, they do it really they well. Do a good job. And so I, I recommend that site. In, in fact, usually what happens is somebody sends me a question, Hey pastor, can you help me to understand this? I'll go to that website and just copy and paste the link and send it to them. <laughs> exactly. Because it's I mean, they, they, yeah, a, I've used that same tool. That yeah. Way. Because they've written it out very, I mean, they can do, they've done a better job of what I can do, you know, in responding to an email. So yeah, that's a great website to get some of your basic theology questions answered, gotquestions.org. I recommend that all the time. Good, good thing. Well, Pastor, I think this has been really eye-opening for all of us. And, uh, you know, we do need to know what we believe because what we believe does lead to what we do. So yeah. it does Right matter. theology Amen. will always shape Amen. right living. Amen. Well, Pastor, why don't you close us out today? We hope this has been helpful for you today. I know it was a little bit different trying to to wade into the theological waters, but hopefully this is giving you some food for thought, and it has encouraged you to be a better theologian, to be a a better student of God's words. You might know him better. This has helped you. We encourage you to share this with a friend. 
uh, so that they can be encouraged as well. And we invite you to subscribe to this podcast. You can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. Those are really helpful for us in getting the word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope this episode has helped you connect faith to life. Thank you.